whose turn is it anyway? Your board gaming podcast that takes our listeners and centres them directly within our gaming group. I'm joined by Davy and Adrian, where we journey into the Lacerdaverse to chat about a discovery of Vital Lacerda's deluxe games published by Eagle Griffin Games. How are we doing, gents? So, right. Oh, got a little story. So we, oh, we right played. Off the bat. Yeah, why not? I'm going to jump into yeah, it. So we played Lisboa the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. So I get home and I think, oh yeah, this is that was a good game. Open the door. About an inch of water, yeah? What, so in your house? In my house. So I walk in, go around the corner, and the tap is just fully on, and it's filled up the sink, and it's gone everywhere. Oh, And the f- first thing you do, you're just like, oh, my God. So I call my partner down, and she's like, oh, my God, I swear I turned the tap off. But anyway, we worked out what happened is my dishwasher popped open, the book on the shelf had fallen off, hit our, our, <laughs> our, our draining board, which has a tray on it and had a pan in it. Yeah. The pan flew off. Hit the tap as it fell down, it and then hit the plug, so it plugged the sink, and then turned it on. My missus had a migraine about nine o'clock, so I went to bed. But luckily, the dishwasher popped over about ten. And we got back about eleven. So the rest of my evening was using a wet bag because there was literally an inch of water all down the bottom of my house. <laughs> oh mate! Friday the thirteenth. Why not? So that's that was my weekend. And thematically, so... it works for Lisboa because you were collecting flukes. Because <laughs> Which we'll talk about later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, That's what I was having to do, is just sort out some flooding in my house. So basically, what happened is like those videos you see on TikTok or social media where where they actually set them up. It's mousetrap. Is it a von Neumann? In real life. Is is it von Neumann machine? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, it was like Final Destination. That's the only thing I can remember (laughs) of. I feel it was like the Final Destination flooding of my house. Except no one died. Except no one died. When you said it put the plug in, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, the plug's electric. Electric plug. <laughs> and they put the toaster on. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like, wow. Well, yeah, the toaster falls off and just electrocutes the floor. That would have been proper final destination. But yeah, so, so you thought, had fun then. Yeah, I thought I'd get a genuine reaction from you two without telling you. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you on the podcast. Oh, so. wow. Fair yeah, enough. that was a. Uh, so I'm all right, but that was a fun weekend. A bit of a yeah. weird, like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. What the hell's going yeah. on? Yeah, so I was up to about three just hoovering water up. Yeah. Yeah, just. Kind of wading around, it was it was strange. Thanks for sharing. That's all right, yeah. Uh, generally, wow. Okay. That was that was my. Uh, yeah. How am I? I'm good. But yeah, that good. did happen at the weekend, straight after leaving here. Yeah. How about you, Adrian? You've not seen or heard from me for a while on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, on the yeah. podcast yeah. certainly. Yeah, and even over Christmas from the group, I sort of just took a bit of a break and yeah. didn't do a lot of gaming um, and just sort of relaxed and. Which is cool. Which is good and uh, changing the back bedroom so the back bedroom had like a little desk in it before um and like a load of like bookcases and that i just never used yeah so i'm now turning that into essentially like a three and a half meter wide desk that's gonna be split up into three parts Mm -hmm. which includes like hobby space for doing warhammer painting and all that kind of stuff so i'm literally midway through that so my house is a mess because you kind of, in order to get, I had to get everything out, yeah. pile it up everywhere yeah. so that I can do that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that being finished. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks that'll nice. be done. And nice. All good. Give me a nice space to work in. Nicely yeah, yeah, done. Nice. Nicely done. Cool. Make yourself. Yeah, nothing to report. Boring stuff, really. Boring Honestly, stuff. I haven't thought this far ahead in the episode. Didn't think of an anecdote because you've you thrown me off guard, to be honest, baby. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's been games, 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 games and more games. So yeah. that's... For me, I'm happy. That's so. life. That's life. <laughs> Let's play some games. Yeah, that's it. Right. Anyway, should we talk about the games? Yeah. Let's, let's go do on it. With it. Now we get to our second term and we talk about 
packs and all the games we've played. So who's coming up first? Who's going? Adrian? Go on, then I'll go first. So uh, I'll talk about Castles of Burgundy. So at GridCon, I played the first game of it. That was, what, October, November? November. Jeez. November, wasn't it? Yeah. I've played six games of it since then. <laughs> <laughs> it's Do you shit. even own the game? Yeah. Oh, you own it, yeah. Is yeah. it a bit of shit, then? Is it a bit of shit? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> to be fair... The component quality isn't exactly great. What version are you playing? Because there's quite I've a few. I've got the anniversary one, the one that comes in the actual nice burgundy, like with the keys with on the, the keys on the front and all that's that kind of stuff. Or so it was, yeah, it's so uh, but obviously Gamefound's got a version on there that might be getting a late backing soon. There's <laughs> <laughs> no might about it, Adrian. We know you're going to do it. We know, and but, it's happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great game. Again, you roll two dice on your turn. That allows you to take various actions. So it gives you a little bit of sort of ta- like quite tactical gameplay you've got to have a strategy long term but yeah. a bit of tactical gameplay you're forced by the dice but you've got ability workers that can modify them up and down you're just building out this duchy of um like castles and mines and farms and all that lot and everything scores you a little bit of points in a, in a yeah in a point salad style yeah i'm just really enjoying it it's um it's a nice bit of strategy and tactical and it's quite there's a few tiles to have to explain but it's a fairly easy teach and you kind of just, you know, you get used to it as you go along. Quite yeah. often, your first few moves, they can lose you a few points, but normally you've got a bit of a hold of the game quite quickly. For yeah, a game really... that sounds quite RNG-based or random-based, yeah. it actually sounds quite fun. Like, I, I like a bit of randomness anyway, I guess, but I don't like something that's too random, and it seems like you're dictated by your dice throughout the game, yeah? yeah yes, you are, absolutely. And you can... So, there's... Routes in which you get loads of workers, and the workers give you plus or minus one to your dice, and dice go around the corner, so from one to six and six to one. Yeah. So you can go really heavy on that, and it basically means it doesn't matter what you roll, you're going to be able to pick whatever you want. And you can kind of go down that route if you don't particularly like it, but it does cut off other avenues for you. A couple of times I've just kind of almost not done workers and gone into the worker route, and just gone with whatever the dice tell me to go with, basically, and just pick and go and just make a strategy as you go along and I've won using both both ways of playing. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you if you are totally against dice rolling, it probably isn't a game for no. you. But if you can stand the fact that it's dice rolling with some mitigation, mm-hmm. then I think a lot of people have tried it by now. But if mm-hmm. you haven't, it's still worth a go because it, it just has that nice bit of long-term strategy. You get to build out, you know, it's that nice thing of looking at a board that you've built out and you've added all your little hexes on and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, just yeah. really enjoying it at the moment. It's I'm really keen. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to like, it. It's always been held as like a, you know, one of the main classics. Yeah. And, you know, and it's probably held as a classic for a good reason because lots of people really love the game. So yeah. I am dead on keen to, to give it a try and give it a whirl. Yeah. I think I like it, to be honest, I think. Be oh, raiding the castles of Burgundy soon, yeah? I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, if Adrian puts an event up and we can play. Yeah, I'll go next. Well, I played Mansions literally yesterday. Mansions of Madness. I'm sure most people know what this is, but it's uh, kind of an adventure game. Uh, slightly, kind of like Dungeon Crawler-esque, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, but you, it's a co-op one, usually. And if someone goes insane, but you just have to kind of explore, find clues, uh, Find out what's going on. There's lots of different scenarios, little story scenarios. And last night we did the Mesotonic University, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the offset, 
I just thought, yeah, we're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening. Stuff was going wrong. People were breaking legs. Arms were getting ripped off. Like, it was just absolute chaos. I didn't move from my space because I was the only one with a gun for, like, ages because <laughs> stuff was just coming at us. Just and everyone shoot. was like, shoot. Just shoot him. I was like, this is all I've done for X amount of time. Um, Tambo just the game seemed to pick on him somehow it seemed to know he was weak and just smell his blood and was just like any room Tambo was in was like monster monster <laughs> but um, yeah we ended up coming out of the other side and it all kind of calmed down and we completed it and yeah we won which was oh, right. so surprising oh, yeah, wow, yeah yeah I was going to say yeah. it didn't sound like that was going I, I mean a win um, in mansions is it's quite hard to do. Yeah. So yeah. Well done. Well, I went insane and I picked the card up and it was just like, you have to end with a spell, otherwise you lose. Oh. Even if everyone else wins. And I didn't have a spell, I was a dude with a gun. Um, but there was at one point, uh, I was searching some books and I got this scroll and it was like plus one to your law and I just like, oh, Tambo, you know that spell you've got? It's like, oh, it's only one left, it's not that great. I was like, oh yeah, but do you want me to have it just so I, you know, you're nearly dead. And he was just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a good idea, and gave it to me. And I was just like, yes, but I didn't say anything to right at the can't end. Tell them, can you? Yeah, no. Yeah. So and then right at the end, I was like, I had my spell. We've won. I won as well. Um, Tambo had a weird one because he went insane. His was just agree with a person to your left for the whole game. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sat on your left, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So dangerous um, if it's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was real good fun. I do enjoy mansions. Um, yeah, it was just a good laugh out, really. Yeah. Not much else to say about it, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about uh, a game I played, or kind of played, on Sunday, which was uh, Europa Universalis. So Curly had asked, uh, basically, for some help. Curly hates learning games. We mm-hmm. know this, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. It's his least favourite thing to do. That and punching. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, Becky had got to the uh, the box and organised it all before I'd even arrived. So I was nice. quite I was quite thankful. Yeah. Thank you, Becky. Basically, we got there, we organised it, we set it up. Set up took ages because you're literally just reading from the rule book and basically following step I by step. I saw the flow chart. The flow chart looked. Oh, no, no, Jesus. you saw one flow chart. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was the peace flowchart. Yeah, the peace resolution flowchart. You haven't seen uh, the the battle flowchart. Yeah. And uh, the various different spreadsheet tables in the rule book, which is quite hefty. So, um, so we got it to the table, packed it all out, watched a, a fifty minute video, um, which by the you know some of it was like oh yeah that makes sense, and some of it was like okay yeah. Uh, so we got through that, and and then we kind of literally just played around back and forth some actions and we, we was always planning to not do the whole game because did you grab some nephew. spatulas for the, for the unit pushes you mean no? unit pushes yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No, no you could have grabbed just used some like kitchen utensils to, to do it no? we didn't need it because uh, it was literally just playing on the small map for those that don't know what Europa Universalis is it's basically a grand strategy war game civ like heavy bastard of a game um, that's based on PC I think it originated as a, as a PC game mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of people, well, maybe a lot of people enjoy. I don't know. I've never played it. No, never, it's never quite heard good. Of it's, it. Yeah, it's got a really good reviews. Yeah, it is known as like the flowchart of or the statistics yeah. um, graph is, of games. Is it like the Warhammer of civilization games? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So yeah, so it's kind of based off off that, but they've done a board game adaptation. So Curly was always nervous about this even when he backed it and thinking, oh, I don't know if I, I've done the right thing. And to be fair, it was a, a bit of a slog to, to kind of get through it and learn and try and understand it. But once we got through 
the steep um, kind of barrier, I mean, it started to flow and make sense. Okay. Um, I could see a lot of potential in, in actually in the game. And it's just one of them games, it's niche. It's like if you take the, the, the pie chart of our hobby, who's this game for? It's for a very tiny slither of, of the, the kind of the, the hobbyist. So, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you've got your map of Europe, you're playing as like England, Spain, France, insert any other kind of European country realm in there. And you look at the menu of actions that you have and they're broken down by like military actions, administrative actions, uh, diplomacy actions, and you've got general actions, and then there's minor actions you can do off any of those. And then you've got cards that you can play actions off. And there's just symbols all over the place. Uh, but there's just so many things you do. It's basically a big sandbox, as you would expect this kind of game to be. Um, you know, you can kind of trade, you can... So that they've kept it true to the it's, computer game as much as possible, which yeah, is quite it, a hard task, to be honest. It's, it's just, it's very deep. Um, but actually, we got to the end, even after all that hard slog, and I said, I could sit and play this. Mm -hmm. I, could, I could see us playing this. It's going to be the biggest thing, isn't it? Um, the question is, is whether Curly is going to keep it or not. Because he, he enjoyed it. I think he could see, he knows he will enjoy the game. Yeah. His challenge with it is, will he get it to the table? Who will go along with the ride yeah. of learning it? And um, will it just be that kind of Twilight Imperium epic game that we wheel out once every, or you know, twice a year? And will it be a bit of a git to, to relearn and, and come back to the table? So he's, and he's the, mulling that over. I guess the other factor is also going to be AP in between. Like, if people don't know the game, it's going to be a very to start slow, with. Yeah. yeah. So everyone's got to kind of do their homework and approach this game. Before can we, we all play the can game. Can we all come dressed as the leader of whatever Absolutely. nation? I think that would be encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Just get into character. But yeah. to be fair, when you do your action, it's quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, your actions are quick and the, yeah. they, they do zip round. Um, it just, it just you, didn't feel like it at the time because we were learning, going, right, I'm going to do trade. How's trade work? Yeah. yeah I want to yeah. do um, uh, declare war. How does that work again? So we set up yeah. a projector up and then have a, like all the actions that you can do like projected on the wall. And... Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has like player aids, it has all the stuff. And I think it's just, it's a game that just needs learning like deeply and you need to put the homework in. And how many players is it? Six. Okay, okay. fine. Because we were just talking about how deep it is and then you were saying but the turns zip round and I was like, well, are you going to spend most of your time thinking? If it's like three yeah. or four players or whatever, but if there's six players, by the time it gets back round to you again, most likely you've had a good long while to think about it. Yeah, as long as that's what you're doing. And not staring at your phone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It's your go, Adrian. What? Oh, um, yes, I will do uh, declare peace. What's how's that work? <laughs> that's usually what it is. But no, I, I kind of thought I'd walk into it and go, yeah, God, this is too much. It is a lot. But I can see there's a lot of value underneath it if people That's are willing good. to give it a go. I'm gonna rub my hands together. I think you'd enjoy it, David. Yeah, I yeah. think you. I think it'll, it'll scratch uh, kind of that strategy itch, that wargaming itch a little bit. Yeah, and there's a lot I, of civvy like I stuff like, in there. The thing is, I like war games, but I don't necessarily always like the war element in war games. Like, yeah. Warhammer, that's all it is. That's what yeah. you're coming for. That's fine. But I also I like it when there's a lot of other options to win as well. Yes. Usually. Um, like trade routes, diplomatic routes, and stuff like that, just yeah. so that if if even if you're getting dominated, you can pivot and you well, still can do something. Yeah, that's how the game kind of works because you have what's called um, like player realms and non-player realms. So non-player realms are all the other yeah. kind of countries that are on on the board that aren't players, mm -hmm. and you can 
obviously start taking them over, you know, treating them as a vassal Worth state. Caesar and, yeah, yeah. And, and lots of different things. You can do in alliances with them. You can do, like, um, arranged marriages and all sorts of stuff going. <laughs> Honestly, it's, 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 it's a mad heavy game. Yeah. But it's got, like, a little tech tree. It's got a little missions. And that gives you a bit of strategy and guidance of this is what you should be doing if you're England. So, again, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not for everyone. Sounds right up my flowchart. Yeah. But... I'd give it a go. Right up your flow chart. <laughs> it's like a tree, isn't it? Yeah, right yeah. on my tree, but flow chart. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah. There we yeah. Go. So that's the games we play. Now we're going to talk about our main event where we enter the Lacerda verse. We'll talk about the Vital Lacerda Deluxe Box games. Mm. Mm. So who's Vital Lacerda? Well, I don't have the uh, the biography on him, really. I've got no? a little snippet from Board Game Geek. Oh, really? So I can cheat. But, but essentially, Vital Lacerda kind of got into um, designing board games around 2006. So he tried to uh, basically go freelance at that time and, and try his look at uh, basically board game design. And I think from that point on, he's been dabbling ever since. And he's pretty much a big name in our hobby right now. Um, and has been for quite a few a number of years, mainly because of the the big deluxe box games that he's been releasing over what five, six, seven, eight years, probably even more so. And they're kind of known for being heavy, been known for being very interesting. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if it's like a status thing, but like when you say I've played Lacerda, <laughs> it's kind of like a tick box, right? Like yeah. in, in the hobby, we've played a Lacerda. Cool, we've played one. Whether you like them or not, it's a different matter, and we'll talk about. It's like the James it's Cameron the of uh, board games, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, I think just yeah, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think all design, a lot of designers have that, but because now a lot of Lacerda's games cost a hundred pound. Yeah. There's like almost more gravitas put towards it because it is harder to find someone who's bought one. Whereas you talk about um, Uve or Feld or anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. that you can get their games for like 15, 20 quid yeah, yeah. sometimes. Whereas like apart from some old like drivers edition of Kanban or whatever. All of these games are £100. So. But they're all worth that kind of money, though, because the production quality on them is just insane. All the little wooden meeples all carved really nicely. Screen all the artwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the all the artwork's, like, really clean on the board. It's just... You can see why they are priced, and he's oh, just kind saying, of... I'm not saying they're bad value. I'm just mm. saying it reduces, no, the, no, but it reduces not... the field of people that are yeah. likely to have got it to a table. accessibility yeah. of yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I agree with that. I was just, I was just also putting in the point yeah. that they are high-quality... Um, yeah. They have a high-quality production value as well. Yeah, they're Absolutely. premium. Yeah. It's probably the yeah, word, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. like they're, they're premium games... Um, and yeah, like you said about the quality, that even just like the, the cardboard chips they use, like they're just thick, thick. yeah, chunky. everything's chunky, yeah, thick, good quality, and just a pleasure to bloody play, to be honest. So, we've been dabbling, um, and discovering uh, his, his designs or his latest uh, kind of designs, and we've kind of focused this episode purely on his deluxe box games that Eagle Griffin Games produce because we know that there are other ones that he's done. And there's some in the past that he's done that have been rebranded and reinvigorated uh, into these deluxe box games. So we're just going to kind of focus the conversation on on those. The massive caveat for this episode is if you're listening and thinking you want a, a detailed strategic expose on all of his games, 
That's not us. <laughs> no. Maybe Davey a little bit, but it's certainly not the rest <laughs> of us. Maybe. But, you know, this is essentially, yeah, we were excited to, to start dabbling uh, in, in his designs. And I think we've all got slightly different entry points in, which we'll kind of talk about in, in the natural conversation. Um, and I think we've all kind of been on our own journeys by going through those designs and plays and just thought it'd be quite nice to round up our thoughts yep. into this episode and essentially talk about those games. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through um, in release order of these deluxe uh, big box games and literally just chat about them. Give the brief synopsis of what the game is about, the theme, um, and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, and then chat about our experiences. It's as simple as that, right? We're going to roll through and uh, round off at the end. It's as simple as a Lacerda. It's yeah. As simple. <laughs> yeah, well, it's as simple as the concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe not as the rule set. So the first one up, guys, is The Gallerist, which was released in 2015, I believe. And actually, it's the one that only Adrian has played. I know. So me and Dave are going to be quiet. I watched, I watched a video on it, and yeah. I, I did. I was like, ooh, I don't know, yeah, I wouldn't mind, mind, mind buying that. And then Adrian was like, back off. I'm getting that game. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, fair I think it was a swift elbow to the yeah, ribs. Yeah, it was, yeah, said, yeah. No chance, it's yeah. mine. You had a lot to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so Adrian, set the scene. What is the gallerist? What's the vibe? What's the theme? What's it all about? So, like... I think all of the Lacerda games we've played, it's four player, which I'm pretty sure they all are. I don't think we've seen yeah, think more than four players. There's always Lacerda. four players and always the same player colours, I've noticed, in these, much, yeah. these uh, Eagle Griffin game versions. It's got that. purple in. I like this it. Is, yeah, you, yeah, you vibe in the purple. Yeah, I vibe in yeah. the purple. Yeah. Purple, orange, green and blue. I think they're the yes. typical colours that yeah. they have. Anyway. Anyway, the gallery. So you're all a um, music, not museum, but art curator. You've all got your own little art gallery, and essentially, what you're trying to do is discover artists um, and display the nicest set of artwork and sell some of the nicest artwork you can find out of your own, uh, sort of from your own artists and in, in your own gallery. Mechanically, how that works is there are four spaces, and you have these again high quality think thick chunky sort of pawns that you put on the board um, in one of four spaces and the spaces all kind of relate to different things discovering an artist buying art improving an artist's reputation going to auctions and stuff like that all sort of general artsy sort of ideas but the the big thing is is that if when you put your pawn there someone else's pawn is there you kind of move it to one side and then put yours in the main spot and when you finished your turn someone else can spend their victory points their fame meter thing at the bottom um, in order to follow that action and do that action themselves so some of these games not all of them but quite a lot of them have a follow action mm -hmm. and that is how that follow works and you can you have a few little meeples um, and one of the actions they can do is if you leave a spot you can put a little meeple in that and it counts as being your space again for moving aside um, and it's it's fairly simple because all you're really doing is trying to unlock some spaces in your art gallery and then put the works of art in the four slots there sell them and at the end of the game you want to have sold whatever your secret objective is and displaying whatever your secret objective is now there's a few other things like again you um, you spend tickets to pull different colored meeples into your gallery and they will increase um, either how much uh, fame you get, I think it is, or how much money you get. And so you can kind of manipulate how much money everyone is getting, and you can pull them out of other people's galleries as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of, you know, uh, reduce their value. Um, 
Personally, I think it's the cleanest design I've played. Um, there's no point in me hiding it. It is still my favourite. Lacerda is the first one I played. Played it at Gridcon. Fell in love. Can't wait to play it again at some point. But it's a very clean game. It's got a lot of those interlocking mechanisms of, well, I found someone, so now their artwork, as soon as I decide to buy one, will cost the least, like the lowest value, their entry point value, no matter how valuable they are. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of playing a lot of these interlocking mechanisms of trying to increase fame and buy at the right time and sell at the right time and sort of try not to give too much extra follow action to your opponents which you know it's quite a common theme of it's like nice games. ebb and flow kind of thing yeah, yeah i think so it's just for me it was it's his cleanest design it's got those interlocking mechanisms but the rules overhead is probably one of the lowest of the ones we've played and that to me i like anything that's got a nice clean simple design set to it where it's not all and or or and all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. as, as few as little of that as possible so yeah i really enjoyed it i think you guys will like it i don't think it'll hit the top of your lists i think you've got other ones out there that are probably top of your your lists but i certainly think you'll enjoy it there's a it's not engine building as such but it is kind of um you know set as buying cheap and selling high and then pushing those those levers to try and make that work kind of market for trade you. system instead like yeah economic. i quite yeah. like that yeah, yeah so like it, it's well. kind of, it's not engine building in a true sense but you are trying to manipulate a system in mm -hmm. order to get the most out of it and so there is that similar sort of thought process and tactical process in yeah there. so basically art attack the board game <laughs> yes <laughs> for, for our uk listeners um <laughs> I'm joking. You do look a bit like that head statue. Oh, yeah. It's a Neil Buchanan, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'll take it. That's heart attack. That's heart attack. That's a blast from the past, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Jesus. I like the look of it from what I saw. It did look, I think clean is the right word, what Adrian used, compared to some of the others where you've got a bit more, not convoluted, but you've got a lot more kind of options with the others. Yeah. But I quite like the look of that, you know. I I still like a a medium to heavy game mm. over just a. Yeah, I'm I'm keen to play it. Um, it's hard to make any judgments. Yeah. For the game, if you've never played it, no, or I've only seen it and watched a bit of a video, because I think I was uh, about to play it, at, or maybe playing it at Gridcon, but the chance of playing Hopper Marcus came up, and I just couldn't turn it down. Yeah. So enough. so I was like, no, I've got to play that. Chips away. Yeah. Chips away, and. Um, well, so we're just waiting for you to, to buy it, Adrian, so we can play it. Yeah, yeah it's it's on the list. Burgundy comes first, and then yeah, uh, then it is also, what I will also say is the board design is very clean as well. Yeah, they're they're very specific portions. The symbolism is what I would say is standard Eagle Griffin games in the fact that it's pretty good. It's not always perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, and the just the, the layer of the board is the simplest of all of the boards as well, yes, which yeah. I think it's kind of on a level with the Vinhos, I think, of yeah. how clean that mm -hmm. board design is. Yeah. yeah. So Adrian's already said that it's his favourite. So that's the spoiler. It's gone. So yeah, everything yeah, yeah. else we're going to talk about, we know it's just not going to beat the gallerist in your opinion. We've spoken so. about our favourites, though. No, so we haven't. No, really. there we go. So, but yeah, we, we should definitely play it. We can obviously give our thoughts as we play it in the future. Um, and I don't like none of us have got it in the the group, have we? So it's just not no. been accessible no. to us to to get it. And to be fair, for me, there are other Lacerda games that I wanted to try first that the themes either clicked with me more, yeah, or I just felt they would suit me more. But mm -hmm. who knows? And again, this yeah. is the one that was top of my list. Yeah. So the fact that I like the fact that I like it the most is probably something to do with the fact that I looked at it and it clicked with me. Yeah. Just watching playthroughs and all that lot. So it's just how games. 
kind of work. <laughs> call, call to you, don't they, in that way. Cool, let's move on to the next one then. Mm-hmm. The, the next we've got on our list is Vinyos. Um, it's a game about making wine um, and then going to a show with it and uh, you've got certain uh, sommeliers um, yep. that will kind of rate the wine or they, they've got certain tastes and um, they want the colour, the uh, the value and um, the region. region. Yeah. And they, you have to kind of make your wine to fit their criteria. And then you buy vineyards that go down to your little board. Uh, you can get um, a farm, which increases its uh, value when it's produced. You can get a cellar, yeah. um, which will increase the, the value you can hold. To be honest, I didn't really enjoy this one too much. Um, it was good. It just felt very... Felt a lot more linear than a lot of the uh, the others that I enjoy. Um, there seemed to be, I mean, this is one playthrough, so this is my my obviously opinion of it, and I'm giving it another go just to see because I won't just shun a game after one play. Uh, Me neither. <laughs> he lies. He lies. Food chain magnet. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So not, it's it's still stings. It there. still stings, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know, and it still stings. Yeah. That game was so good. Well, buy it then. Uh, no, <laughs> it's too expensive for my blood. Um, and yeah, it was. Everyone else seemed to have fun with it. Mm. Um, you yeah. enjoyed it more afterwards when you thought about, about yeah, it, didn't you? In the, in the moment, the bit that I didn't like was the the so in the middle of the in the middle of the board you've A got quadrille. you've got nine boxes. Yeah. And you kind of have to move from one to the other to take the action. And moving more costs you money, and the more people there are costs you money, and all that kind of stuff. And I found that quite restrictive. The rest of the puzzle, actually, I really enjoyed. It was how, and like the, the money and loans and all that kind of stuff, actually, I thought worked really well along with the vineyards and, as you say, sort of upgrading everything. The selling to market took a little bit to get my head around, and I missed a, a couple of rules at the start, the which fair? kind of. You, the fair, yeah. Yeah, promoting your wines at the fair, yeah. Yeah, so it was. Some of that stuff, sort of, in the first whole... Well, there's only, like, basically three rounds of that, isn't there? Yeah. So in the first one, I totally missed a couple of rules, and it sort of threw me a little bit. But that nine boxes in the middle is quite restrictive, and it threw me off completely while I was playing it, because all I could see was... and uh, reminds me of another one of his, but all I could see was what I couldn't do that I wanted to yeah, do, yeah. whereas other games of his, where I've not been able to do something I've not gone I wish yeah. I was doing that it felt like too much of the puzzle it took, felt like it overtook the rest of the puzzle which is yeah. a, sh a shame because I really enjoyed the rest of the puzzle around yeah. that little line boxes in the middle so that's the guy I liked yeah yeah I, I really enjoyed the the, the, the quadrilles they call it in the rule book it's that the puzzle of where everyone's going trying to anticipate where people are going to go so you can get in their way and get some form of passive income off of where people are going and yeah, just just the tightness of that was quite interesting. I've yeah. not seen a game do that in that way, and then have all of the uh, the various different actions that just explode off off kind of the things that you can kind of do. But yeah, yeah that's the bit I really liked. See, my biggest qualm with it was I built this nice engine. I had loads of wine. You did, yeah. I had loads of wine. I was like, yeah, pumping out loads of wine. I'm just like, what, what can you do? With it? Oh, not much really. You can get some things at the end which we all take in turn with anyway. Oh, okay. So I'm just left with 
loads of useless wine as such. Well, it's, well, it's not though, because it's the barrels bit. Yeah, and again, that's another bit I like about the game is when it's finished. Like when you go through all of the um, uh, the, the, the turns, the round, yeah. the main game. If you got a lot of the barrels out and produced uh, on those um, uh, experts. You then have all these supplementary actions that you can kind of do. But yeah. I was still quite limited where I could go by the time because a lot of it had filled up by that time yeah. anyway. So it was just... I know that's that's a, that's a problem with my game and not understanding it enough, but I just... I prefer a more open game mm -hmm. where I'm kind of given these tools w which I can then make my engine yeah. and then do those things with that engine. Whereas I was limited for what I can then do. I, yeah. That's the only thing I can do with it. Even though it's a game about making wine... It's there's a lot more. It pigeonholes you a lot more yeah. than it's definitely some of his other games. Definitely one of his most restricted designs. Yeah, which yeah. some people will enjoy because there's a bit more, bit more competition there, mm -hmm. and, and I guess that's what it's meant to be focusing on is that fair, that wine competition side of it, rather than I'm just making a shit ton of wine, drink my wine. Yeah, um, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, and to be fair, that game we when I go back to it, I'm gonna have that view set, and I'm gonna obviously try and change my tactics and go yeah. in a different avenue and see how it plays and maybe I'll find I enjoy it more but it's one of those where I'm, I'm gonna we'll see what analyze we? afterwards and yeah I'll give yeah. it a good go yeah we'll see but like with that game that we played it was a tight game but even at the end it was close yeah there was like yeah. we so were four points in between first and last it was just something like that yeah maybe six but maybe either way six, I think yeah. three of you were Three of us one, were one, one point apart yeah, each, yeah. and Guys so trailing, but yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, by two or something. And yeah, again, it wasn't we, a lot. We were, we were, it was all our first game when yeah. we played that one. Yeah. All four of us around the table. So I'm sure again, points always increase after your first game. Yeah, Normally yeah, yeah. they do. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sure you guys will get. So I'm not playing that game that you guys are. Mm. The next game you look yes. But yeah, same, isn't I'm it? sure yeah, you yeah. guys will hopefully see a bit more points increase and a bit more efficient use of, of your turns. Yeah. But yeah, just as, like, again, as we've kind of alluded to, for a lot of them, these are one or two play games that, we're, that we've had and we're just enjoying them and talking about them, right? So, yeah. Yep. There you go. That's, that's been nice. I don't think it's uh, anybody's kind of favourite in this group. Nope. So the bottom for me and probably mid for you, is it? Yeah, I'd say mid for yeah, me. Yeah, it's um, comfortably, I think it's comfortably the middle game for yeah, me. For you. Okay, so let's talk about the next one. So, Vigno's release 2016, on to Lisboa, release 2017. House flooding edition. The house flooding edition. <laughs> Call back to Davy's <laughs> Kitchen with his miraculous book and pan uh, plug sink thing going yeah, on. Anyway. That's it, Still yeah. can't bloody believe that, isn't that? I know, that's crazy. Anyway, Lisboa, Lisboa. So, Lisboa is. Um, essentially set in 1755 and there was a massive uh, catastrophic earthquake that hit i don't know in the nines on the richter scale apparently it's one of the kind of world's natural disasters that happened and literally laid waste to uh, lisbon uh, in portugal and decimated the town and city so the whole game is focused around that event and the aftermath uh, essentially of that event where you are playing noble kind of leaders helping to rebuild uh, Lisboa and utilizing the uh, the various kind of damage and rubble from the earthquake fires and floods that had kind of uh, ensued after the event and, and basically build up um, the economy of, of Lisbon over large periods of time and essentially everyone describes this game as it's simple to place it in its uh, pre premise where you play a card and pick a card up. But uh, anyone will know a, a Lacerda game is never simple. And, and this one is 
pretty much one of his heaviest, I would say. It's right up there. Um, and essentially that's all you're doing on your, on your turn is you're playing a card, you're either playing it to your portfolio, which is your kind of main player board, and that can either be tucked in at the top or bottom. I'm not gonna go into an in-depth rules uh, explanation because we'll be here for about seven years. I was gonna say I've got uh, at some point. Yeah, <laughs> so, but, but essentially you are developing your business, you're gonna get some bonus of doing that, and then you can kind of sell your, your goods and resources to so um, rebuilding the town, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of the give city. them give them to like um, basically tra- sell them to, to ships, get lots of money, and uh, or trade them to nobles to do various different actions in the game. And then, or you can kind of play the same card into the royal court, which is a place on the board where you can visit nobles, spend influence, and then do the big boy actions of constructing uh, shops, open public buildings, which is how you score uh, based on the shops that you you kind of open. And also get decrees, which are like in-game gold cards that you collect throughout the game. And essentially, that's the premise. That's the the theme. Um, it's very blue. Like the, when you look at the board, it's very there's blue. a lot of blue in there. But anyone who's kind of been to, to Portugal or Lisbon, like I have, um, you'll know why. Because that's kind of how the the city is with the the tiles. It grew on me. The... I know the first thing I said when I saw it, I was you like, oh, yeah. But. It... It suddenly had a bit of character to it, and I kind of it just grew on me. Mm. Maybe because of the game also clicked, and I started like, "Ooh, this is actually really, really enjoyable." Um, but yeah, I think it was actually quite a pretty uh, ball game by yeah. the end of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's exactly how I see it. I mean, uh, yeah. again, most of these games are um, designed by Eno Tool, which is probably yeah. worth a mention, right? Um, who is just a master in his a craft, renowned master mm. in board game design ux um you know user experience and just the way things look and operate and he does he does more than the art right he doesn't just yeah. do i put the pictures on and off you go he literally looks at the experience yeah and where is this best place yeah in your player boards the the tokens the icons the lot do you make some nice player boards don't they they do yeah, yeah. for sure real nice player boards yeah i love a player board <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get on to that Ooh, so, so anyway lisboa is hands down for me my favorite yeah, yeah, hands down, sits um, up there for me. It's just elegant in the way that you play. It's essentially when when you understand the rules and how it all connects together. I just love the system. I love how it yeah. all connects. I can kind of see the paths in what I'm supposed to do. How I'm going to get the points. The puzzle in the way uh, the the right hand side of the board, the city board, is kind of laid out with the different streets. Just sort of follow actions, trying to work out what someone else is that, doing as well. That's that's a big for me that's like chef's kiss because yeah. it's like understanding I, I want to do that action which is like I don't know the, the blue action the prime minister but actually I think uh, Tambo is going to do that action so I'm going to do something else and then follow him and, yeah. and maybe get the best of both worlds right and I had the thing where I didn't have to pay influence if I followed so I was like oh it's more efficient if someone else does it actually yeah. Yeah. I don't have to pay for it and then no one does my action for ages I was like so you've got to pay attention to the people you've got to pay attention to what's going on and there's a lot of interaction in this game not just the follow but just even on that that city board and and selling your your wares to people blocking up ships ships. where you put public buildings and where you open them is Mm. is a puzzle in itself do I try and set myself up for the future then other people might get in or do I get the shops down first and then score them all but then someone might take my tile Lots, lots to to go on. So 
Adrian's face. While Basically, you were yeah, you can't that. see Adrian. He's disagreeing with absolutely everything I am yeah, saying. He sure. he sits on the polar opposite mm. um, of of this game, and so maybe you can put your counter arguments, <laughs> in, in, and we'll just tell you you're wrong. Well, you know, I was always I was always, always raised. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. But no, no. But you, then you, I grew you, up, you and I decided I would say it anyway. So this is important. This is why we we we're kind of discovering these games is that not going to be for everybody. And that's kind of the point of the episode as well, is that you might listen to what we're saying, go, oh, that sounds interesting. Or you might go, no, maybe that isn't for me. And it's just good to have opposing opinions on this stuff, right? Because if we all just said we love everything all the time, it's If you look at BGG, which is always skewed slightly heavy, but knowing that all of his games are heavy, it's what, the second highest rated? I I think so. That and the Gallerist are very close together. And I think they're the furthest opposite parts of Mm, the Lacerdaverse, which is why I think they might be as high as they are, because everything else is a bit of a mix of those two ends of the game almost. But yeah, I found the board ugly, art is subjective. I found the little iconography that tells you what that section does, tiny and misleading. Um, I pretty much didn't like most of the symbology and the board design. Symbology was hard to pick up. I will say that it was really hard to determine what something did yeah. to start with. Mm. Once you knew, you knew, and it kind of made sense. But there was no reference points on the board where you could keep referring back to. I mean, there like, was that, a that fourteen-page reference that. guide or whatever it was. Yeah. Playbook, which, which the menu is the biggest I've ever seen yeah. of a player aid. And yeah, I just the puzzle. There were little bits of it I kind of liked and could see that there was a thing there. But the way it all clicked together, um, it's the first game I think I've ever played where I've finished the game, a, what, a three hour game. And I still, still couldn't tell you what half of the points did off the top of my head. Mm. I always had to refer to the book for, oh, this does that or that does this. It's just, you know, I enjoy heavy games. I'm not, I know you guys like heavy, you're probably at the furthest end of liking yeah. heavy games. And this was well over the top for me by mm-hmm. quite a stretch mm-hmm. as well. Um and yeah, it just, it might be one of my least favourite games I've played this year, in all honesty. Oh, really? That, that heavy. And, Whereas I and, loved it. And I played Revive and Barrage as well this year, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love Barrage as well. Um, but no, look, Lisboa, for me, loved it. Top, top game for me. Um, understand why it's not for everyone, though. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely not. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Anyway, I could talk about that for another 17 hours, but Adrian will go home. So let's move on to <laughs> the next game, which none of us have played, but we'll give an honourable mention, which mm. is Escape Plan, yes. which is the 2019. Um, Escape Plan is essentially a heist game, I believe, and yeah. you all play as members you of a... You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Um, members of a gang that have pulled off a heist and you have stashed money, uh, basically your cut of the heist, uh, into various different kind of buildings and locations around the city and your job is to essentially recoup that money avoid the cops and get the hell out of dodge i think but it's a lacerda game so it's going to be a bit more complicated than that i'm yeah. sure um for me it's the one i'm not super keen to to play um it's not the one that drives you know i think oh i really 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 want to play it i will absolutely play it because i'm keen to try any of his designs out but yeah, and I like heist movies and I like heist TV shows. So yeah. I didn't think it would actually yeah. speak to me. But I don't know, there's just something about the actual mechanics. The actual mechanics or what I've seen that hasn't called to me mm-hmm. yet. Um, yeah. However, I'm sure many of our listeners may have played it and think it's really good. I don't know. But 
Um, that's all I know about the game. Anyone else want to add in anything about Escape Plan that you know of? No, I don't that's think That's pretty much it, isn't that it? Is yeah, that is pretty much it. Yeah. I've watched half a play We through. will play it, but we haven't yet. Yeah. So, apologies. So, we're going to skip skip on and move on to the next one. Adrian, released in 2020, I believe. Kanban? EV. So, not originally released. Yes. Because there's two editions before it. But, again, we're not doing anything outside of Eagle Griffin Games. And this is when it was released for Eagle Griffin Games. And I will say they've done a fantastic job of giving it a glow up and making it look it's a much clean. bigger game. Making it look more impressive on the tabletop as well. So, um, it's, the sales pitch on this one's probably the easiest. You run a car factory, produce the best cars. That's pretty That's much it, it yeah. really, isn't yeah, yeah, it? So yeah. Next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the sales pitch on that one is the easiest. You know, you are in a car factory, so you're looking at blueprints, you're looking at getting the parts, you're looking at testing cars and manufacturing cars. And all the time, she's not called Karen, she's called Sally. Sandra. Sandra. She, it's she, one of those. She's like, a Karen, though, isn't she? <laughs> she, well, she, she, can, she? Well, she can be. Sometimes she can be nice. Only, she, only if you if play you, the nice one. Only, only if, if you play you the nice one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you play the what's considered, I think, the normal version, which is... Mean Sandra. Mean Sandra. She'll follow you around each department. And if you're in the department when she gets there... Well, no, it's not if you're in... What, whoever's the lowest trained in that department yes. will take some kind of penalty. She'll um, evaluate you, won't she? She whipped me all the... Yes, bloody time. I got whipping all the time. I think I used to have the job at the end. Of oh, it. I know. Yeah. She was like, "Davy, you haven't done this. Davy, you shit at getting past." She fancied me, really. That's all that happened. Yeah, yeah. That was. That you just was like, it. It you was look... like children at a schoolyard. She yeah. was just like, oh, "Stop it! Give me oh, you, Yeah, I'm gonna whip you into shape." She liked That's it. just your fantasy. I was gonna <laughs> say, yeah. Yeah. Getting into weird territories now. <laughs> so each department has two locations i believe maybe three yes yeah, but like it, it different the further down the location so you run down the board from top to bottom essentially um and you you do each of those actions in turn and in each department if you've got the top one you get to go first but you have fewer action points essentially to do whatever you want to do um and there are, as always there are loads of interlocking mechanisms you've got some cars with car parts and you put them on the board a certain way to get more of one or more of another um and the same with pushing cars through there's this little sort of track of how you can push them through to get the right car color out that you want and stuff like that there's a whole range of different bits and pieces and then the scoring the main scoring part is the board meeting i'm going to call it yeah is that what it's called i think it's that's what it is called it's very yeah, corporate it's, yeah, yeah it's very corporate yeah. but there's a board meeting yeah. you get to put down certain um i really like this part actually yeah i did really like this part you get to it. put down certain secret objectives and put your little speech bubble on it which you have to unlock more speech bubbles as you go um and there's public ones and again so it'll be like oh if you've got the most designs you put it here yeah. you get three points for the most designs and stuff like that uh, or four, four times every design you've got or something along those lines and so you're kind of playing this alternate turn and trying to block people but also score, score the, more, the most. most points. And I I personally really like that part yeah. because it is contentious, but it kind of, the two contentious parts are the worker placement, which is, to be honest, a fairly standard worker placement affair, and then this little scoring bit. And that's really where a lot of the contention came in. Yes, you could sort of manipulate where the cards were coming out and stuff like that, but that's where the, the two main bits sat for me. 
And yeah, I really enjoyed this I, one. I quite like just the thematics of the board meeting, which is basically you just bragging how amazing you are. <laughs> Essentially, you're, you're going, yes, I did really well, Sandra. Uh, yeah. I did all these designs and, oh, I'm amazing. Can I have a promotion? <laughs> and, and she goes, yes, you are. I have lots of victory points. And then uh, someone else goes, I'm a bit amazing too. Yeah, you can have half as many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of that, like, yeah, it's that brown nosing, mate. Um, it's, See, it's, yeah. with this one, I think it was a better game than Vignette. So I think it sits above, but I had a worse time than Vignette. Yeah, you had a rough time, didn't you? Oh, I, just, I felt like I was constantly just treading water with it, and just like I would like suddenly break the surface, get a gulp of air, then just just like Sandra just went, nah, <laughs> pushed me back down, and I'm just like, ah, no, Sandra, why? So like, it was just, it's very punishing. I made one mistake at the start before it had clicked, and then I was chasing. Because you can't go, obviously you can't go in the same space. Sandra blocks a space, and then everyone goes. And there was we were playing four player, wasn't much left, and I felt like I was always just kind of trailing with my actions and just never being able to catch up to everyone. And it felt bad because at the start I had already seen my mistake and I knew it was going to cost me, and I already knew I had like lost the game pretty much um, because I was always just like two steps behind everyone. And in a worker placement, that's this kind of fine that's that's cost you the game you know you, you've been in, so inefficient that Sandra's now been following me around I kept she kept landing on the same space as me because I had nowhere else to go I was like right either I do that really inefficient thing or I get whipping or I lose VP so what I will say is there's a manipulation so Sandra will go down to the next de- available department so if everyone blocks up the spaces she can't go there when she goes to the next yeah. one and there was quite a few times where people went oh, we can do Davy over it if we put both of our people here. And that's I'm not going to lie, I did that. I did, it, I, I did it a couple of times as well. I was like, oh, sure, skip this department where I've not got a lot of training if I go here. I don't need to do the thing, but she skips the department. I don't take any like yeah. losing points instead. And it, it wasn't on purpose. I didn't go, well, then it skips Davy's and yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it now skips me, the one, the department I'm worse at and goes to one where I'm a lot better at. And so there is quite a lot of that. There is, I think as well as you kind of say, worker placement where you can block off spots. But I didn't feel it was as bad as, for instance, Vinhos and Lisboa for that, being able to block off spots and then totally shutting down your engine, personally. Counter viewpoint, I know you, you found this one harder than Lisboa, but I found it kind of the other well, way. I did find it harder. I found it more punishing, and I found, in my eyes, Lisboa, if the game's more open, then you've still got ways of pivoting the strategy and then building upon a strategy if something's then not working for you whereas with Kanban they're, they're, what's down is what you're scoring and what's in your hand is what you're scoring and there's not much wiggle room in between uh, uh, other than scoring the cars maybe coming out but then I can't do that because it's blocked off it's so, part of the game though isn't it you yeah. don't, you're going to have those um, those turns you just yeah. you, you can't avoid it because if people are going to the spaces you want to go to well, that's that's it. And if you really want to do the action, you've got to sacrifice your um, kind of first choosing of where you want to go next time. Yeah, so just, it would have been nice so. if it, at least with like Lisbon and stuff, you've got follow action, so you can kind of make up. Whereas Kanban doesn't have that. There's no. No, there's no follow action. And there's, and there's no. For me, there was no like way of me ever catching up, and I I just didn't I didn't like that as a mechanic personally, but. Um, I will play it again, obviously, mm. and see how it goes. And I, I enjoyed it. I think I it has not, some nice mechanics in it. It's not my favourite. Um, I was expecting it to probably be right up there, to be honest, when I played it, but it, it wasn't. Um, but I still think it's good. Still enjoyed the play. Yeah, and um, I still think it's a better game than Vineyard, even though I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. <laughs>
On Mars 2020, uh, the, the basic concept of On Mars is you've got to colonise Mars, um, but you're making these complexes which are churning out um, plants. Uh, there's water, um, there's ore, so if I'm just general mining ore. Um, and there's uh, oxygen, oxygen. Yeah, thank you. Um, and these resources are oh, and, and batteries and these, these resources will get you lots of different things the main action system of the game is you've got in space and then yeah. you've got on Mars and mm -hmm. you've got this shuttle that goes over and you can kind of board this shuttle to go over and do these actions which give you certain bonuses or you can stay where you are and do these other actions but you have to wait till the shuttle comes back there's other ways of getting back over, but usually that'll cost you VPs. Um, so it's got this real nice, like tight little system of planning your actions ahead. You then have to plan of actually it's better if I stay here because everyone else is buggering off, which means I can I've got more options here. Um, you build the buildings, which then go out on the board, um, and then you can build advanced buildings on top of that, which give you little powers. So you can build this little engine up, um, which I thought was going to be more. But it's actually, you don't have to do it, but it does obviously benefit you if you do, because there's a lot of VPs and other things in it, but you, you could have a different game plan than just building your complexes and doing your research. You don't necessarily always need, it's good to have a couple, obviously, but these advanced buildings, um, and there's obviously another strategy, you build a load of them. But uh, yeah, and then there's certain um, objectives which are done on this track, and this mm -hmm. reminds me of the Lisboa building system where if you build certain buildings out and you put your cube out it goes up and you score points but it just to me it's had a it's a completely different puzzle in a lot of aspects but it it had a similar uh, complexity and it was quite intrinsic with kind of planning of what buildings you want to build and when you want to get it out and kind of the timings of getting those vps yeah you got that life support system or the lss yes. right so yeah. the lss is always saying we need um we need some plant buildings we need oxygen we need this that and the other and that's kind of what you do collectively around the group to, to basically contribute towards the life support system to, yeah. to basically increase increase its level right yeah so I mean, which means you get better balanced buildings and everything starts replenishing yeah. and it basically means that if you just build loads of plants uh, buildings out there and complexes yeah okay you've built a load of them you're not really getting anything for no. it victory point wise no. you have to spread your uh i say load but uh, <laughs> you have to spread your um Strategy. You've got to diversify your, yeah. Yeah, your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plain yeah. way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And there is, it literally is like, oh, here's all these actions, do what you want. And you're just like, oh my God. But I really like the puzzle in it and the board little contention and you can only build where your robots are and you have to like move them over and you start shoving yourself off into people's territories. Because when you build a building, it doesn't mean it's yours. Someone mm -hmm. else can build an advanced... It's not until you build the advanced building on it that you've claimed it. Yeah. So, yeah. And the VP scoring for the scientists which come out and means you can do your secondary actions for free or use other people's, but then they get to use it for free. Just, I found it really nice and I quite liked the, um, the puzzle and... I, I don't know what it is. There's something about it that just really mm. clicked with me. So. Yeah, I mean, this is my first Lacerda game. Um, so I'm, I've been wanting to play this one for a long, long time, uh, because you know I like Mars, I like space themes. I, like I do. I like any kind of Mars. Do you like a Mars bar? Yeah. 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 Like anything with the word Mars in, I'm game. And yeah, just always like the look of it. And uh, Curly ended up getting the uh, the Kickstarter with the expansion, the Alien Invasion expansion, which none of us have played, so we won't even bother talking about. That. 
Um, but the uh, yeah, that was my my first play, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm. Absolutely thought, oh my god, this is amazing. And the player boards helped. Not gonna lie, like, yeah, I'm a sucker. Helped. I'm a sucker for a player board. We'll talk about the uh, the next game, which has some very sexy player boards in it. <laughs> um, but I just looked at my thought, this is just brilliant. Like everything about the whole system, I love the shuttle aspect. That. That's so interesting. Mm. It is very interesting. The the interesting part is because I've seen sort of not the same, but I've seen similar mechanisms before. But the fact that the the shuttle gets sl- basically slower yeah. and going backwards and forwards, so if you've made a mistake in your planning, yeah. is quite punishing because you then have to spend. If you go back to space, for instance, you have to spend three turns potentially in space, just going. Oh, I only needed two turns. Or in spend space. a shuttle and spend. Or the spend a thing and and then you come back. Or but, do that crap action, which is. I just go and do a um, escape pod yeah. up to Mars, which no one ever. You're going to do it one way, though. It's only one way. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so that's it's, it's definitely the crux of a large portion of the the strategy of that game. Yeah. Um, is that shuttle action? It's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so now I, I I loved it, and essentially Curly, um, who isn't on this episode because no. he did not like it, <laughs> no. and I think his challenge with it or his issue with it is it possibly too sandboxy and actually his decision space is so wide he just didn't know he's kind of paralyzed by which way to go and what was the best thing to do he hates action paralysis and yeah. when he gets it himself it's it infuriates bad. him he yeah. does so he get he got to the point where he's I'm just not enjoying this game and i bought it off him yeah uh, very happily mm. bought it off him i'm so. glad you did yeah because yeah, uh, i loved it so adrian your thoughts yeah. <laughs> um yeah. yeah it's not one of my favorites by a long shot um, there are some really nice parts on this. I think the board design is actually cleaner than I thought it would be when I first yeah. looked at it. Considering that there's not a lot of iconography in that on it compared to some games, I thought, oh, this looks a bit messy. But actually, it was a very clean board state. The shuttle was quite interesting. I'm not a big fan of area control and that kind of thing. So while I like things like Quadropolis and Suburbia, which is, you know, uh, like that city builder type. There's a bit more, as you say, with the robots and how far you can build away and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's area it's, control, though, in a lot of It certainly has elements. It has elements, but the, it's not going to be how you score later, really. No, it's not. But there's certainly bits that I totally missed on that because mm. of how the board has, when you've got, especially towards the end, it just has a lot of wooden <laughs> components so much going and cardboard on components. And it can be quite difficult to read, but by that time, you're normally quite way through the game yeah so you've kind of watched it develop to that state so it's not the worst sin sort of thing that it could commit but i didn't the the scientists and the the buildings to the side were nowhere near as powerful as they seemed but then you had the scoring which i just that bit totally didn't didn't sit well with me and as you say it's a sandbox but it's a sandbox i can't see myself wanting to visit five or six times which i think is where you get the value for that game yeah 100 so yeah, I've played this one the most actually, haven't yeah. I? I played this about four times, maybe more, maybe more, five, maybe five times. Yeah. So I think if you're going to be someone who wants to, who likes it in the first couple of plays, and you think I'm going to play this a lot, mm. I think you're going to get a real ton of value out of this. And this, I think this is why it has. This one feels like the one that has the most cult following whenever you talk to people. But I just can't see myself. It's not an enticing enough puzzle for me to mm-hmm. want to visit it four or five times. I just can't see myself wanting to invest enough time to really because if I play it another time I don't feel like I'm going to be any further along than the first time yeah. I think I'm going to be four or five games in before I start and really mm. 
click with this puzzle and I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as mm -hmm. much as 90% of the rest of my collection by the mm -hmm. time I get yeah. there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, again, personal opinions, yep. personal thought. Okay, so let's uh, finish talking about On Mars and let's talk about the next one. I'm actually going to say, Adrian, you do this one because you've got a nice little story that's yeah. associated with this game and... I just want you to do it. I want it. It's Weather Machine. So. Weather Machine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I just played Galleristic GridCon. Um, I had the biggest eating grin on my face. He did. <laughs> he did. I was the happiest I've ever seen him. That's what I said. Um, and was just, you know, when, you, when you've got a lot of anticipation for a game and when it turns out as good as you expect, it doesn't always happen. Like, no. We're now at the point in gaming where... You have high expectations and it's not always met, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. In fact, perhaps more often than not, it's not yeah. met because you've built it up so much. Mm -hmm. Plug for our previous episode. Well, he, I built it up a lot and then it turned out exactly as wonderful as I thought it was going to be, right? So I played the gallerist and then I was sat playing Castles of Burgundy when they drew the raffle and last one on the list, oh, and Adrian's one. Oh, cool. It'll be whatever little games because it's bottom of the list. Oh no, here comes Weather Machine, <laughs> like, signed by Vittel himself. But what is it? So essentially, Latif has the scientist has built a machine to improve weather and to control the weather. Unfortunately, butterfly wing effect, it's making the weather worse elsewhere. Um, and so your you the board's kind of divided into three things, which are the three things that you as your little scientist group are trying to do. One is assisting the government in building their machines to, to support with the weather. One is basically trial Latif's machine and see if you can make it work and test it. And then the other one is counteracting the bad weather and calming it down. Not quite sure how you're supposed to do that, but it is there on the board. Yeah. And it's a thing you do. Yeah. It's a worker placement and um, it has that thing of um, wherever you go however many people to the left of you on that spot you gain extra resources so for me personally it's one of the games that gives you the most for contested spots so if you can get there and you can place your worker anywhere on the spot so if you're first one there you tend to go to the furthest right spot so you're not giving people loads of stuff but everyone has to move around the board so at some point you'll end up with two people on the left spots of you and you'll end up with loads of vouchers but loads yeah. of resources Goodies. essentially um, and then in each spot you're going to do something as well as your own little player board which builds the machine so what you're essentially trying to do is build this machine out of yours um, with the different cogs and chemicals and robots which also unlocks some abilities and some goodies as you go and then you're trying to research papers using your bots and chemicals and bits and pieces that you're kind of building in this machine to then build the machine bigger and also to score victory points by running the correct weather mm -hmm. machines. It, it's a tough game to explain, I think. It really is. It you is. did well. I think yeah, you did well. well. <laughs> because it's it's the most obtuse and weird yeah. of the the ideas that he's had. Yeah. Now I think he does a great job of it. Um, I have seen talk out there that maybe it's a bit obscure, and I can totally get on board with that because it is. And the teach of it is also quite a tough teach, I think. Yeah, it is because the when I when I first watched a video of it, yeah, I, I just thought, what the hell is going on here, really? Um, and then 
when you did the teach of it, it, it made sense and it mm-hmm. clicked. Um, and I think the reason why you're meant to be fixing the weather is because you've previously made a weather machine oh, of yeah. that weather. Oh, yeah, well, I agree. But how are you fixing it apart from running the machine, but you're not running the machine for that weather? You're just fixing the weather somehow. No, I think you're, you're I running... I think you've already you're... built the machine, though, from your previous... And you're, you're running, running that no, machine. No, no, you're running the existing weather machine that Latif built to learn more about how it works, works in order to, to get the papers it. published to fix it. Yeah. I think that's the, yeah. that's the yeah. thematics. Yeah. So I suppose it. that's the point, isn't it? Is yeah. Most of your victory points come from researching papers yeah. and then performing um, whatever it's called, a dissertation of some description, yeah. Yeah. like when you've got three different papers of the different colours on it. Um, some academic And I really words. liked that paper side of things, mm. getting that little... The little right book. combinations in the yeah. books and then you oh it was just it was so nice i think this is my favorite lasada oh really yeah so it's up there for me definitely but it's as i've sort of already, already alluded yeah. to it's not my it's not my favorite but i think mechanically and purely mechanically ironically for a, a machine a weather machine i think this is the nicest meshing of of rules in one of these complex overlapping games of his for me i think it's now explaining it and sort of trying to put a theory and a reason to it is probably one of the more difficult ones. But I think the way everything slots together and the way you score points with these, um, I can't remember what they're called now, they're like income markers that allow you to then take your personal goals and slot yeah, them on the board and nice. turn them over. All of that stuff. And as, as you say, the player board is probably the nicest yes. of the player boards Beautiful. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff meshes together really well and ends with a nice, satisfying experience, personally, I think. Mm -hmm. There is some design. I think the way that they've labelled and designed each section to show you what everything does is pretty good because it is probably the most steps of each section. One action is 17 steps. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but they've made it nice and chunky on the board so you can see what everything does. But yeah, I think... It was the most combo. I'm done talking, I think, at this point. (laughs) It was the most combo heavy for me. It was a lot of, yes. you could do this, and then, oh, I'm doing this, and then doing this, and, oh, and I could spend this to then do this action, and I was just like, oh, I've done five things in this one minuscule action kind of thing. Maybe not five, but you, it just felt... You could like, get to three easily. Yeah, like, yeah. you do the, the left side, the right side of, of a place, which, and then do a, a, and then a get piggyback for both of, of a robot. Yeah. Release a robot, and then do another and action. And it felt... Even though there were like someone goes somewhere and you think, oh, that screwed up my whole plan. You, there was a lot of thinking of being like, oh, but I can still gain a lot of points by doing this and get. And there was just always avenues to go down. And there was it didn't it wasn't the pigeonhole game of Kanban or or Vinos. It was just for me very open. And it felt like even though I I, I cocked up like about four or five times, yeah. it it felt. It didn't feel that punishing, even because no, there, it it, there was always things to do, which was quite nice for your you And know, I think it's because going somewhere anyway. else gave you vouchers to go somewhere. So even if you didn't get much out of going there, you got vouchers you ready got for something. your next turn. Yeah, yeah. So it felt, it's always a setup, wasn't it? It felt more of a yeah. setup. At least, mm. oh, okay, I'm going here and I'm going to get a rubbishy turn. Yeah. But I'm also getting more vouchers for the next one. Yeah. And if it's full up now, by the time it gets to you, the likelihood is that spot's not full up anymore. Yeah in kind of a way that Kanban didn't do sometimes. No, and the warehouse was a lot more... It didn't feel such a wasted action to go no. there because you could build up everything and then go to the warehouse and then bang, you've got all your supplies back Maybe in, off you go again. Turns. And yeah. the, the combos as well meant that you didn't spend resources. So if something said, as a combo, you get to build a robot, you didn't have to spend the resources to make the robot, Yeah. which 
made oh, I it, play it now. which made it like that combo thing of actually I want as many combos as I can off of one action because that yeah. one action costs me something. All the combo-y stuff doesn't. Yeah. And so you were looking for those combos and it yeah. felt, although it was probably the same, a bit more obscure and a bit harder to teach, I felt that that one thing in your head that I need to get as much free stuff off of every action mm -hmm. gave you something to head for. And if you don't have a strategy of search, you can just do that and you'll just from being efficient, you'll be getting things. Getting so something. You'll yeah. see the opportunities. Yeah. yeah. They just become apparent to you yes. because yeah, you're yeah. all set up for them, but... Yeah, should I we think, play that now? Yeah, yeah. I think this is the now. only game in his collection that we probably all agree on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Bar Gallerus because we've not played it, but yeah. I think this. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I think it's. I love the design of it. I love the theme it's, of it. It's I a love, really pretty board. It's just f bloody fun to play. And the bit you haven't talked about, which kind of broke me a little bit, but it was great in in a in a good way. Is the the tiles that you get on on your board off to the right, where you have to kind of build up the slots and sections for your yeah. robots and, and chemicals, like the paper and all that kind of but, stuff. Yeah, it's just like, well, I need to put two tiles together to have a red slot, so I can put a red oh, chemical the in. Yeah, 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 the right yeah. hand side. Yeah. That just it's getting that puzzle right. in itself. Yeah, yeah, was was quite interesting and trying to work. But also all quite that. freeing in the sense that it says at any point you can rearrange it. Yes, which is very rare that you see those kind yeah. of things. Yeah. Is you collect it all, and at any point you can rearrange it to make most of all the slots you've got. And I thought that was a pretty yeah, nice Yeah, as long as you weren't hit, like, trying to have extra slots or moving things yeah. off, yeah. you could do that. Yeah, yeah, you can break it, but you, you're flexible in what you stored where. But yeah. So, weather machine. Weather machine. Weather machine. That's that the one that we agree on, all yeah. three of I think so. It's our no man's land yeah, in this yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, if you were to summarize this kind of main event, is that there's probably a Lacerda for everyone. And it's just finding out which one. I say everyone. There's probably Lacerda for everyone who wants to play a heavy game. Yeah, yeah I think that's All the right? caveat. Medium, right? medium to heavy yeah. Euro. I wouldn't even say it's not on the medium scale. It is towards medium the heavy. To heavy. Medium yeah. to heavy to he very bloody to heavy. very very heavy. And that's my point. Is that I think if you don't like one, you might like another. So yeah. don't write off like all of the, his designs because most. you don't enjoy one of them. Mm -hmm. I think you can say that about most designers, in all yeah. honesty. But yeah, certainly I think. For sure, give it a go if you like that medium heavy. Yeah. yeah. Sort of weight, give it a go. And the chances are you've probably looked at it and gone, oh, maybe, maybe I'll give that a go. But yeah. we, we say it's worth it. Yeah. I definitely think yeah. so. I definitely yeah. think so. So to wrap this up, mm. um, the last thing to mention is his upcoming game oh, this yeah? year coming in crowdfunding, which What's is that Inventions Evolution of Ideas. Oh. Don't ask me what it is. I've not played it. No. Um, all I know is that it's something to do with you, you kind of invent things on cards. You're then promoting, uh, sharing those ideas around the world and and kind of getting involved and getting intellectual points. There yeah. you go. That's all I know about it. Vito, if you're listening, let us know. Let us know more about the game. It's yeah. it got some lovely looking player boards. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm, um, I'm just sure the production quality is just amazing. Yeah. That is one thing you can agree on with all of it. And I know I keep banging on about it, but it's some of the best, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay, it's time for the listeners' questions. So this time we've got a question from Paul Richards, who's emailed in, a uh, friend of the show, Paul. Hi, Paul, if you're listening. Of course you are. Uh, so what is the oldest game that we've uh, got in our collections that we still haven't played? And I'm going to kind of add a little bit to this because it's, I don't have any. Um, but it could be that you haven't played in ages. So what's the oldest game in your collection you haven't played or 
really probably should just come back out because you've not touched it for a while. Who wants to go? I'll go if you want. Go on. Um, I'll, I'm going to say one, but it's, it's probably not ever going to come back out. I think it's a really good game, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, what is it? But there's a bit of drama that went around the game. Oh. Through the ages. Oh, yeah. Because it's a good game. But it, it, there is a lot of little caveat rules, and there's a lot of AP with it, but it is a really solid game. And I do enjoy it as a like a little civilization game, and you know you have to keep people happy, and it's got really good mechanics in. But I do think because I played on the app first, and that's obviously a lot more streamlined when you play on that. Um, and then playing it even with three people seemed to take an too, age too long. <laughs> it was definitely yeah. It, it was, was through tough. the ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age that you had to go through. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think I lost hair by the yeah. time I come out the other end. Um, uh, Curly lost interest with it completely, yeah. and then that annoyed me. And so then I was just like. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise you were going to bring this up on the podcast. No, no, I thought it's just fine. We're both right with it now, yeah, aren't we? It, it, it's settled. It but... caused it caused a bit of a, a hoo-ha, didn't it? Yeah. Between you. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's just it was more. I was enjoying it, but no one else really was. There's, there's a there's a cloud over that game, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. In that yeah, group. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, like to, to round that off, for me, the digital version is better. Yeah, digital version is better. Because it takes away all the admin. All the crappy admin, which there is. And I'll agree with that. And I can understand completely why Kelly didn't enjoy it and wasn't enjoying it at the time, you know. Yeah. Um, But but if you ask me, would I rather play Through the Ages or Civilization and play Civ? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of one of those, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But But I mean, yeah. Good good game to bring up, though. Yeah, yeah. It hits the nail, doesn't it? There you go. I'm going to be quick on mine. So the game, I've played all my collection. I haven't got any... I'm quite fortunate I don't have any shelf of shame or anything. The game I'm going to talk about is Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which is actually, I think, my oldest game. I actually went through my collection on Board Game Geek just to try and get the years and work out what was the oldest game, and I think that is 2011. Um, and I just like playing it. And I think, yeah, got a taste of playing it again. And I really want to play it um, just on the Westeros board and, and leave Targaryens out this time. People have nearly fallen out. Over as well, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, but it's designed to do that. Uh, no, yeah, like, it's yeah, literally yeah. It's designed. expected. It is expected. I think it's encouraged yeah. more. There's been uh, a, lot of, a lot of shouting and swearing yeah. over that game. But yeah, we should get that to the table once a year, don't we? And uh, I think when I first joined the group, you were talking about that game and someone flipped a chair, a, a chair and got annoyed by it. Did they? The chair. No. Before I joined the group. No, we've not had that. No? No. We've had people pissed off. Yeah. But no one's... Chair oh, flip. No, chair no, flip. no one's got like. It's like that. it's like the step down from table flipping is like, oh, flip a chair. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't want to flip the table because that's just rude. So I'll just do the chair and then walk yeah, off for a bit. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, oh. it's all good. But that, that's mine. What about you, Adrian? Um, probably Nusfjord. So mm, I. Yeah. So this is it. Is uh, my my plan last year was to try and visit as many of the big um, designers as possible. And at the very beginning of the year, in fact, it might have been the year before that, when I was first thinking of this idea, I was like, all right, I need to buy an Uwe game. And watched Paul Grogan's thing on it. It looked amazing. Thought, absolutely going to get that. And then every time I've gone to say to someone, should we play that? I've thought, it's Icelandic fishermen in a... Sounds great. Yeah, I want to play it. In a <laughs> fish share. Like, it's got stocks and shares, yeah. but in fish. Standard way fashion, yeah. I, mean, I like it. It just, it looks great. And I think, oh, I'll probably enjoy that. But every time I've gone to teach it, I thought, I don't know if I want to teach this game. 
and I don't know if it'll land with the people that I would normally first to teach a first game to sort of thing. So it's just kind of sat on my shelf and pretty much every time I've had more stuff on the shelf of shame, it's kind of been on top of it almost yeah. and just, oh, let's teach this instead. And so it's kind of stuck around there. It's been on the shelf for 18 months easy. So yeah, like even now I'm looking at it, I'm going, maybe I should get Attawa. Because yeah. I reckon that's... Yes, there's a reckon, lot of buzz around that. I reckon that's probably a more palatable Uwe game than... That's what it looks really I don't good. Because I don't want to play, for his first one, I don't want to play one of the grid, the polyomino games, because mm-hmm. I've got Baron Park and I love that, mm-hmm. and I don't see myself needing another polyomino Feast Rodin was really game. good, though. Yeah, I've watched that and thought that didn't look... It's really good, and then you break the puzzle, and then I was kind of bored of it, but it yeah, was good. so I wasn't bothered by that, and just same as I'm not really bothered by Agricola and Caverna, in all honesty. Oh, really? Yeah, so... The, oh, what's the other one? Lowlands, is it? Highlands? No, so Lowlands was Lowlands. a Uwe-inspired game that yes. Uwe put his name against and okay. said, this is going to be a very Uwe-style game. Oh, okay. And yes, yeah, so I looked at that for quite a while as well. Oh, I've looked at that a lot. Drowning Sheep. Yeah. What else can you... Yeah. What else you want from a whole game? I'm not sure that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> I think you're supposed <laughs> to save the sheep. No, no, it's <laughs> oh, okay. Sheep, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of drowning sheep in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's on my... That's on my... That's been on the shelf of shame the longest, for sure. Okay, yeah. Well... I'll be able to blend that. I like Uve's game. Yeah, same. Yeah, so still, still no Uve game for me. But oh, no. get it to the table. Yeah, you? get it to the table. Get it, get it. Along with weather machine, pen it in. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for the question and keep them coming in. Cheers, Paul. So now we're going to go to the penultimate turn where we're going to talk about what's coming up, what we're excited for. I'm going to lead off on this. So I've just ordered Beyond the Sun. Oh, yeah? Yes. Impulse. Impulse. Pew! Off we go. So, yeah, Beyond the Sun is space-themed exploration based off a big, massive tech tree. Essentially, the game is you're playing on the tech tree, developing the tech tree as you go. And I don't know, I just... I think the expansion was announced this week, last week. Yeah, this week, last week. So, typical well, me. No, it was announced a little bit longer ago, but... They released they, it on Board Game Geek. They've only page. really mentioned anything about it yeah. recently. So that's kind of went, oh, yeah, forgot about this game. Looked into the game, started watching videos. You know how it goes. Snowball effect. Tech tree, up, tech tree, tech yeah, tree. Yeah, tech tree. I like tech trees. Mm. Who doesn't like a tech yeah. tree? Um, and, yeah, it just looks like an interesting medium-weight game puzzle. Yeah. And... You know, probably not the the most exciting of themes in terms of how it looks. It looks quite dry, but it's cool. We want to give it a go. I mean, themes never put us up no, for exactly. any before, so I'm just intrigued by it. And yeah, the placement added look. extra really a lot of the time for me. Mm. But yeah, anyway, that that's I'm really looking forward to getting that. I'm hoping to maybe bring it along on the games day that we got on Sunday, so maybe we can give it a little well early doors. We'll nice. see. We'll That'd be good. Yeah. About you, Adrian. This is a tough one because I've not got a lot of games booked in so there's a lot going on at the moment and so fraud and weather machine right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so i've already got a, a lot booked in but i there was a game i picked up in one of the sales which i'm kind of looking forward to it's kind of been on my radar for a little while it's just a little two-player game called targi yes so if you've not seen it before you have three workers on a grid and where those workers over so you get the bonuses for going right like whatever it is around the edge and then wherever those workers overlap 
you also get those bonuses as well and you can kind of block spots so people can't get the overlapping bonus they mm -hmm. want looks really interesting um it's something i picked up it's been on my radar for a little while and i've sort of and then it turned up in a oh <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> so it's been sort of on my intrigue list for a little while and it turned up in a sale and i thought yeah i'll give that buy that and hopefully give that a go in the next couple of weeks to nice. the table that's good baby um I'll talk about this because the only thing I have talked about it was the June expansion. Uh, Immortality? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, well, got, in, I've played it already. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, I've got that coming up along with Darkest Dungeon. We do a standard of playing June and then we play Darkest Dungeon afterwards. But um, yeah, I've got that coming up. So that'd be good. Yeah. Um, really enjoy it. Yeah, it, it adds a very small amount. Um, the, the, the strategy has changed a little with you being able to graph cards because it obviously means you need a bit more of a draw engine sometimes. Mm -hmm. The draw cards have become a lot more, and luckily on the graph cards, a lot of them do have a draw card as yeah. well. So, But yeah, it adds enough without it being like too much. It is quite slight. Um, maybe it would have liked a little bit more, but it's not an expensive expansion. No. It's, it's, you know, it's just, it adds on to already a stunning game. So it's good fun. Yeah, I've got my first play of it coming up. So yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Which I kind of stepped back because I thought I'm playing it a lot anyway. Yeah. So I'll let someone else have a. It's very gracious of you, Davey. Yeah. <sighs> You're honest. No, that was too slow. No. Too slow with the click. Yeah. Oh, God, it's full up again. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, there we go. We got to the end. Yeah, we did it. God, it's the Lacerda yeah, episode. Yeah. I'm tired now. Yeah, Talking about all those heavy Lacerda yeah. games. There's a lot. Well, no, of... I, I could easily play a web machine right now. Well, that's true, yeah. Bring on Lisboa, Adrian, yeah. Adrian or Lee. Yeah, uh, I, do have, I do have to go, so that'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but no, look, thanks for listening. Thanks for um, yeah entering into the Lacerdaverse with us. And now it's time to, to kind of wrap up and, and close the show. So yeah. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, our handles are our email, which is players at whoseturn.co.uk. You can get us on Board Game Geek, and you can check us out on Facebook, Whose Turn Is It Anyway Podcast, Instagram at Whose Turn Podcast, and TikTok at Whose Turn Is It Anyway. And we'll be back again in two weeks with the next episode. So, whose turn is it, guys? The Serda's turn. Yes, the Serda's turn. Definitely. Yeah. The tips. Yeah. The tips. The tips. Yeah. It's fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs>